What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of MojoCast, where it's a conversation about life, about politics, about religion, about what Chelly's drinking in her cup right now. Who, who the <laughs> heck knows? Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us for another episode. It's your boy, Nene, Manny, whatever you want to call me. I am here with my esteemed co-host. Will you please introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Mojo Cast. Um, this may be bourbon. It may be coffee. Who knows? Who knows? We'll keep it intentionally ambiguous for, <laughs> for our audience at, at hand. So, Chelly, we got we got a show. We got a show. Um, uh, and we'll get into it in a, in a, in a bit, but it's going to be a little more personal, a little more, uh, uh, I don't know, um, diving into some experiences that... Uh, Chelly and I are, are uniquely uniquely uh, experienced in, so to speak. But we'll get into that in a moment. Chelly, uh, it's been like two weeks since we last talked. A um, couple of things have happened in my life, uh, but I want to give you the floor first. How, how, has, how has your week been? Your week's been? How has work been? If you don't want to talk about work, because who the hell wants to talk about work? <laughs> how has your life been? Um, anything you want to share at all? Well, I think that um, the floor goes to you today because my esteemed co-host has actually accomplished one of his goals, and I think that we need to give him the floor. So I turn it back around to you. Oh, oh, don't, don't, don't do me like that. Okay. Uh, Well, I appreciate that. Thank thank you so much for, uh, for, for shooting it back to me. Yeah. I, uh, for those that know, for those that don't know, I've been I've been working hard. I am a software developer by trade um, with no education at all. It's it's your boy with uh, the power of the internet and my own sort of intuition to try to figure this stuff out. Self-taught. Um, do- self-taught, basically, yeah. I've been doing this for um, the better part, uh, just under three years. Um, but like most things in the world, um, experience is great, but you need to have some uh, uh proof basically outside of uh, believe me bro that you could actually do stuff so i've been working on getting some certifications um and this past week specifically on monday i played hooky from work um well let me let me let me rewind a little bit so i've been <laughs> so i've been uh studying for the certification exam um the certification is uh, is an rpa development um rpa stands for robotic process automation um been studying for this exam since um October but really seriously since like January um and this past weekend I was getting really close to like the end of a lot of my coursework and I was like man it would be really cool if I could like pull up on Monday um or like the next day I'm at work and just have this already um so that last weekend I pulled in like between the two days like 25 hours worth of like studying and coursework and preparation and Sunday night, I took uh, a practice exam, right? And I got a 98. So I was like, ooh, baby, I am, like, feeling good <laughs> about all this, right? So so I started to get a little cocky. I'm like, you know, I could do this. I could I could whatever. Um, but, of course, like, naturally, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty nervous. Um, but anyways, I, uh, I go. It's a proctored exam. I'd had to go to – I live in Conroe, but I had to go to downtown Houston, um, which is like an hour away to um, to take this, to take this exam, and your boy passed successfully. Boom! 
<laughs> Thank you for the confetti. Thank you for the flowers. I really appreciate. I really appreciate that. That was that was sweet. Um, the the real test a million times harder <laughs> than the than the uh, than the practice. Um, I got I got a seventy on the real test, and as I was taking it, I was convinced there's no way uh, I'm passing this. Because the questions were completely different, the scenarios were much more difficult. Like there was there was one question in particular where it it showed like twenty screenshots of different like systems and different like features and stuff like that. And it's like uh, yada 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 yada. So what's wrong with this or whatever? And it's like oh man, th th I just thought there was no way in hell I'm passing it. But I, I clicked the. You know, it's so funny because like I'm taking the test right and like and it gets down you have two hours to finish it and it gets down to like the last minute because i'm like reviewing and re-reviewing and, and trying my best to make sure like this is all like good enough or whatever and then i'm like okay i'm gonna press the enter like this is it no matter what happens like whatever just just let it rock so i hit and i like big myself up to hit enter and i hit enter and it's like are you sure you want to hit enter and i'm like bro no <laughs> So like I I had myself like again and then like I hit enter again and it's like and it's like this is your result but it doesn't show you anything it says like click here to like see your result or I was like bro it's like the biggest sort of a uh, uh, I don't know uh, the point is like I got through it yeah um, passed it successfully my uh, my superiors at work were very very pleased and very uh, happy to hear that's gonna apparently gonna it should go a little way in. Um, some uh some salary negotiations we'll see um but yeah but i'm doing two this year that's the first one um and it's the one that i felt more the most pressure on um because uh, the other certificate it's um i'm gonna be learning python it's a programming language i don't know how to code i don't know anything about coding um so i feel no sort of pressure in that i'm going in there as like a clean slate it's like i don't know anything about this I'm going to learn it. Like, if I suck at first, that's perfectly fine. This other thing, I've been doing that for, for almost three years. If I don't pass this, especially <laughs> on the first try, that looks bad. <laughs> there's, there's, there's much more much more pressure uh, on that one. So, thankfully, this one I'm going in with a little more of a, of a clean slate. But, um, yeah, happy to get that monkey off my back. Um, yeah. That's awesome. So, so thank Congratulations. you. Congratulations. I, I, I hope you celebrated. You. I, I mean, I, it was more like an adrenaline dump, to be honest with you. Like, when I got home, I just wanted to, like, just sit down. Because I was so, like, uh, it was, like, literally an adrenaline dump. Um, but, uh, but yeah. But we got some 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 dinner. I got some, uh, I got some, uh, some tacos from Taco Velos. It's this, like, place here. Uh, I haven't had tacos, like, real tacos, real Mexican tacos Ooh, in a while. Perfect. Yeah. So, I got some, some chorizo. You know, I never learned my lesson. Uh, <laughs> for those side, kind of a side story then yeah. got, got insanely sick <laughs> one year um <laughs> when he had some not so great tacos let's let's keep i mean you chelly we went to to mexico together so many times when did i not get sick at mexico <laughs> let's keep her <laughs> i could probably count on one hand the, the amount of times i didn't get sick going to mexico I mean, yeah i got sick drinking um some lemonade no, that's 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 a lie. That's a lie. That's what uh, mom likes to say for I don't know why, but that's the only thing that helped. So what Chelly's talking about is we went to Mexico this one time and I I know exactly the food because it tasted kind of funny, too. 
um, there were these like uh, tacos de chorizo from this like stand um, that we were close to the house we were staying at. I got it from there and I got um, typhoids was the name of the, the sickness, the illness. Yeah. Apparently, apparently kills no one in the, the, the developed world because uh, you get typhoids from like feces in water or something like that. That's how like the virus spreads. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's so I got typhoids. I lost like 35 pounds in probably a week, a week and a half, something like that. Throwing up constantly. It was horrible. Um, yeah. And and the only thing that I could hold down, and this is why I say it's it's a lie, is because when I came back from, because uh, we were at the beach at the time when I when I caught this, when we came back, the only thing I could hold down was the lemonade with uh, the limon con chia, that that thing that supposedly <laughs> gave me the the sickness. Uh, yeah, that was the only thing I could hold down was uh was that drink. So, oh God, horrible. I seriously, I I remember that illness. Like I I remember because the fever was so bad. I literally that was the one time in my life where I, not not to get dramatic, but I was like I I want to die. I'd prefer to just die right now than like, than keep, this whatever. Look it up, typhoids. It, it kills. Like I said, it kills no one in the in the developed world because we don't have feces in our water. But apparently in in <laughs> in India and other places, it it kills a lot of people supposedly. But I don't know. That that that's what a. Uh, that, that was that. But anyways, yeah, I celebrated with some tacos de chorizo in good old America. Um, they tasted great. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> that was that was uh, that was mine. What did. Uh, so, yeah, so that was my my week, basically. Um, thankfully, uh, how was yours, Shelly? So I've actually been on this. I mean, I've always been a Harry Potter fan um, since <laughs> since the nice. womb. <laughs> <laughs> I got my first Harry Potter book. I was in this after school program mm. um, and we were op- it was Christmas around Christmas time and they mm. were um, giving like random gifts. And I mm. remember uh, picking up a gift and it being the first Harry Potter book. And that was back when I was I want to say 10 or 11. I can't remember the exact age. And mm. that's what started. Um, mm. And during the whole time that, you know, J.K. Rowling was releasing the books, um, you know, I'd be the first one to go and get the... Oh, it was an event. I remember that growing up. It was a thing, like, week of, day of, we're, 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 we're copping it, basically. I've, I miss that. <laughs> are you... there? Are they making a new book, or is it a new movie? I know they're you making know, something new. You know what? Let's talk about it. They are making Let's talk about a new it. TV <laughs> series. Okay. Uh, they're going to have seven seasons, one for every book. Seven. Hold up, hold up, hold up. So they're basically, like, revamping it? Like, it's the same story, but they're, like, redoing it for a TV series? Uh, I'm not looking forward to that. That's just You know what? They better not break my heart, because as a Harry Potter fan, I want more and more Harry Potter. Yes. But as a Harry Potter fan, if they mess this up, I will be devastated. Seriously, because you are already and this is something we were kind of talking about a little before the show, but the burden, right, of knowledge, right, because you you grew not only did you read these books, but you grew up with these books. All right. So especially as you're like developing into an adult, these books specifically have like a special sort of value and meaning to you. Um, Very special. My my husband 
back mm-hmm. when we were dating, he got me, I believe, the last book. The last one. I remember that. Yeah, the last one. I remember that. <laughs> so it, was a, it definitely holds a special place in my heart. Yeah, yeah. So the burden, right? So not only did you, not only do you have the knowledge of what's in these books, but the significance, the emotional significance that they have. The point is, I don't envy you, all right? Because they made the movies, right? And I'm sure that they didn't stack up to par for what you were expecting. They were fine. They were decent. You know, they're enjoyable. But they're not what they could be. They're going to do it again. (laughs) I think everybody could say, anybody that's read a book that they've converted Mm -hmm. into a movie will always say, well, the book was better than the movie. I mean, it's always going to be that way. And... When I'm watching the movies, I definitely have more of a critical lens on where I'm mm-hmm. like, man, they should have talked about this. Why did they miss that? And Jesus, when he's watching the movies, he's like, oh, OK, you know, he's enjoying it. He's um, but he does he does notice a drastic change between the first two movies and yeah. the last movies, because mm-hmm. there's definitely a change. Um, the first two movies are just more like you mentioned, They're more whimsical. But more ones yeah. like you're diving into the story it's yeah. it kind of full of wonder and then the last movies are more dark more have just a different tone to them more of a tonal tonal shift and and those are the ones that i enjoy personally more like like i said i like like i like the first two but it's like i'm watching a disney movie all right they're cool they're nice they're like fun um but like i told you my favorite is the third one um because of the the sharp tonal shift um and really delving more into the themes of like loss and um i, I don't know yeah I, I just i i enjoyed the themes of of, of, of uh i i really like the third one um but i see what you mean i see I'm what you mean the tv show to come out they're gonna cast new people and that's frightening yeah because <laughs> <laughs> the people i mean Emma, Daniel, like Rupert, they were all casted perfectly. Daniel Radcliffe is Harry Potter. Like yeah. even in the illustrations, right? Like um the illustrations in the on the book, those came first before the movies, right? Like what I'm seeing here, like they casted that dude perfectly, is Maybe. what I'm saying. Plus and I would assume plus his like mannerisms, his like general sort of like um, I don't know, person. His awkwardness, his slight awkwardness, if you will, um, it's casted pretty perfectly, I'd say. Yeah, so I'm nervous to see who they're going to cast. I hope they don't mess it up, but I'll be I'll be praying for you, Chelly. I, I told you before the show, I was I was severely let down by The Last of Us. Um, <laughs> it's not it's not a book, but in the same way, I, I played this game uh, late into high school. I think I was like a senior and loved it. I've, I played it like 20 times. I, I this the show was crap uh, to me personally. Uh, I thought it was complete dog, whatever. Um, super disappointed in, in a lot of the themes. Completely it took way too much of a creative uh, license in 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 a lot of the story, uh, more than I would appreciate. And uh, yeah, but my wife, who has no sort of knowledge on it, um, really loved the show. Is really looking forward to the second season. <laughs> It's like the burden of knowledge. It's like, all right, fair, fair enough, fair enough. On so the, what were you going to say? Was it on something completely unrelated, right? 
So I was at HEB the other day, right? And if you don't know what HEB is, it's like uh, Fry's um, Kroger on the East Coast. It's it's a chain, uh, but it's specifically a Texas um, supermarket chain. They have some places. They have some uh, stores in Mexico as well. But HEB, all right, it's the place to go. So I, I was shopping HEB the other day, right? And uh, they have this refrigerated section over in the healthy food aisle, and they had kombucha. Do you know what kombucha is, Shelly? I do See, know what which is your face is making me nervous because I have no idea what kombucha is, but like I tell my wife, I, I call it a Caucasian classic. All right. I see a lot of white people drinking this and I don't know what it is. All right. So I, I, I pick it up. So I'm like, let, let me see what this is. Right. So I look at the ingredients and it's like kombucha. Okay. That is the ingredient. <laughs> but does it tell me anything? <laughs> it, it's an acquired taste. Is it? Okay. So I figured I have not opened this. It's still cold. Okay. I would like to try this on camera. Awesome. Um, Let's do it. Just to just to give my my honest and uh unperverted whoa. This this needs to whoa. be a segment. It is it is fizzing. <laughs> it's bubbly. I mean, is that a bad omen of what's to come? Uh, it might be. I did shake it. I, I don't <laughs> know. I'm, i probably shouldn't have shaked it. I think that's why that's why it's doing that. All right. So this is kombucha. Apparently it's like oh, it's tea. Which is why it has to have caffeine in it, which I was like confused. Plus kombucha, um, and apparently it's like they they reassure you that it's non-alcoholic. So apparently this can come in the alcoholic variety to some extent, but I don't know. Down the so, hatch, let's. While Nen is drinking that, I'll explain that kombucha is a fermented drink, sweetened black tea, and it's consumed for its health properties. So. Let's get your first take on it. What do you think? I don't like it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I wish it wasn't. I don't know if. Um, so this is carbonated. I hate that it's carbonated. If this wasn't carbonated, um, it would taste a lot better because I'm looking at the thing and it's like, OK, I don't know what the hell kombucha is, but apparently it's got like probiotics or something. There's like live cultures or whatever, like gut bacteria stuff, which is fine. Like that's not going to like gross me out. Um, but like, and it has tea, so it's like a tea base. Um, tea should not be carbonated. <laughs> Period. All right, tea, whether it's cold or hot, should be in its unperverted form, as the good Lord intended. Um, <laughs> I think we can agree that water shouldn't be carbonated. I mean, my dad was a fan of carbonated right. water. I'm I'm about to piss you off. <laughs> so growing up, all right. What Chelly's referring to, our parents love, uh, probably still do, love Perrier, right? <laughs> so it's the carbonated water, right? Spark they call it sparkling water? No, it's carbonated water, right? There's nothing sparkling about it. So we used to talk so much crap about them drinking Perrier. And I remember there was one time we were all together, and I took a sip out of the, we, we all took turns, we opened up a Perrier, and then we all took turns taking some sips and just talking shit about the Perrier. <laughs> Disgusting. Um... I like Perrier now. <laughs> I like it too. I'm, oh, you do too? Yeah. yeah. It's an acquired taste. I, I have to apologize to our parents. Um, I talked a lot of mess uh, about their favorite drink. We we buy it every week now. Uh, I've got to think of only because they didn't have Perrier anymore at, at Costco. So I have San Pellegrino in, instead. Um but yeah, I, I have sparkling water <laughs> on deck at my place at all times. Sorry, Dad, that was your favorite drink, and we were we were talking that talking messy, 
talking messy. Oh, man. But let me hold up. Mm. Man is taking another sip of the kombucha. Take another sip of the kombucha. I have horrible stomach problems. So hopefully this helps. Uh, it's supposed to, yeah, it's supposed to rehydrate you, recharge your body after exercise, uh, boost your metabolism, and aid with fat burning. So I'm not going to lie, it's starting to grow on me. I didn't like it at first because it has rosemary, and I hate rosemary as an herb. Um, but it's starting to grow on me. Interesting. I don't know. I still think it shouldn't be carbonated. There's probably, this is probably this brand that carbonates it. I think that's dumb. Should not be carbonated, but that's just my opinion. I don't know. We'll see. So, yeah, so that's uh, that's been my week, Chelly. Um, it's been pretty eventful. Have, have anything you want to share or should we, should we jump into it? What do you I think, think we should jump into it. I you mean, think we should jump into it? Yeah. Right. So I want to say the past two episodes, we've spoken about true crime. Today, we are taking a sharp left turn and diving into our experience with organized religion. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. So just to give everyone a background, I mean, I know a lot of our listeners, you know, know us personally. So they already know to some extent um, sort of our background. But for those that don't know, um, Shelly and I had a very uh, unorthodox, for lack of a better word, uh, upbringing and our un- unorthodox childhood. We were brought up in um, this religion known as the light of the world, um, better known as La Luz del Mundo. Um, they are a Mexico-based religion um, based out of uh, Guadalajara. Guadalajara, I uh, can't pronounce it. <laughs> Jalisco in Mexico. Um, I... I I have um, referred to it as a cult uh, in 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 more recent years, um, where I didn't before, um, and in more more recent years. Just to give everyone a little bit of a background, um, their leader, uh, self-proclaimed apostle, um, is now in jail for uh, acts ranging from distributing child porn to participating in statutory rape to. Uh, basically the worst things you could think of um so that man although unfortunately isn't going to jail for the rest of his life at least is going to jail for a while and will be forever known as uh as a pedophile but um but yeah but basically look um and we could and we probably will go over their history someday chelly uh, as far as you know their origins how it started all, all that good stuff um and ultimately the the leaders arrest but i think Especially for us, you know, I would love to talk about our individual experiences because um, we could go on and on and on about the history of the church. But um, at the end of the day, the people want to hear about us, right? <laughs> I, I'm assuming the, the people want to hear uh, about our about our lives, right? So, um, so yeah, so that's that's really going to be the focus. Is um, like I said, we we grew up in this. Um, I, I think Chelly might have been nine or ten years old um, when she entered it. She's four years older than me, so I was probably like five or six, something around that line. So uh, for all intents and purposes, grew up in this religion. Um, but it, and if and if you don't, if you want me to take the lead, I, I certainly can start. But I kind of want to pass it over to you, Chelly, um, sure. just to like talk about just the, the beginning. Right. Um, yeah. Because I know for you specifically, this is something we've spoken about before, um, and you're certainly going to touch on it in, in, in what you're saying, but. Um, your experience as a child 
as an adolescent in 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 this church um while living in the real world while going to school in the real world um was very unique in that aspect so um if you want to talk about that uh, i kind of want to give you the floor as to you know how your childhood was so we were raised catholics up until i was about nine or ten then our family joined a new church uh And it was a very drastic change from attending church every Sunday to now we're going every day, maybe even twice a day. So the light of the church, the light of the world church was I'm not sure anymore because it's been. I don't know, I want to say. I stopped going when I was about 17, 18. Um, So I'm not sure anymore, but it had a very strict doctrine um especially yeah. for the women um i mean they wore skirts dresses their heads had to be covered um upon entering temple and even in their daily life like if you were going to work if you were going to school the women still had to dress like that so mm-hmm. whereas maybe your experience then it people would put people wouldn't know that you were part of this church because yeah. the way that you dress yourself the way that you maybe conduct yourself may not be different from anybody else but for a woman it's very obvious that you're part of something you're part of a religion that um has this specific way of dressing so Mm -hmm. it made things challenging for me growing up because as a sixth grader um and growing up i was forced to dress this way and it just made things like pe so difficult or even Mm -hmm you know hanging out with friends it just you know you don't you never want to be the sore thumb sticking out you never want to be you know you just want to blend in you just want to especially in that age yeah. if there's one thing as like children and adolescents and, and teenagers the one thing you don't want to do is stand out in yeah. a lot of ways you want to fit in with the crowd you want to fill, fit in with the mold and particularly and to your point right um, what Chili's describing you know the women had to wear long skirts but not just skirts long skirts like down to your ankles kind of skirts um it's very noticeable right it's very so that, that's what you mean like uh for someone like me i mean the, the only thing i couldn't wear in public was shorts which was weird um in and of itself because uh, there was nothing in the bible uh I, I think in the bible there's something about skirts long skirts there's nothing in the bible they didn't wear shorts like <laughs> but yeah but the point is um there was a there was it was much less obvious if if even noticeable at all for a guy's sort of experience um visible experience in in the world versus a versus a a, a females basically something i did i did want to did you experience uh, i don't want to call it like bullying or or i don't know or maybe you could call it that but did you ever experience like uncomfortableness um, oh yeah for sure peers, like where they would like talk about it or point it out or 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 ask you like why are you doing that like how would you explain that um kind of growing up if you, if you don't mind yeah it was difficult because like you mentioned you don't want to stick out so when they would bring it up it'd just be embarrassing mm. so you know and, and you're a child you don't um you're not basic <laughs> how do i say this you're not electing to be part of this church. You're not, yeah. you're not, you, you don't have a conscious decision in in being part of it. So um, you're just kind of, I don't want to say forced, but you're kind of like going you're dealing through with it. it. You're dealing with it. And if it had been maybe different where it's, 
you know, you could wear whatever you wanted to and still be a part of the church, then I think my experience would have been a lot different. But you kind of just deal with it just like everybody does. I mean, everybody goes through bullying. Um, so you kind of just deal with it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, like I said, I never I never had to deal with that at all. The only sort of um, the only like example of where it sort of intruded in my personal life outside of the church, and I mean it, it did this for you as well, um, was in August. So for those that don't know, um, every August is the church's uh, biggest sort of celebration. Um, it's their pilgrimage, if you will, um, where you have to the members that have the ability to are strongly encouraged to go to mexico in some cases it's a sin if you don't go um to go to mexico to participate in this event um where we lived in arizona school so basically you would go from like the beginning of august till at the earliest like the 15th so you'd miss like about two weeks where we went to school in arizona that also coincided with the start of the school year um so it was always the most it was the most uncomfortable thing in the world to a go into there there were times where you know i we i would go in like the full two maybe three weeks late into the school year um because sometimes we would take like a little vacation like after after uh the, the event um but then having to explain I, I remember i had like a french teacher in high school where she asked like like what are you doing like why aren't you why why were you like two weeks like whatever x amount of weeks late I was like, oh, it's because of a, a church celebration we had. And she's like, a church celebration? What do you mean? And she thought I was lying. And I had to, like, explain to her, like, this and, yeah, you go to church. It's, like, two weeks and this and that. And, and I don't think she believed me, but that was the only sort of instance of, um, like, uh, intruding in, in, in my personal life. Uh, did you ever have any awkwardness with having to explain that to people, like, why you missed the first two weeks <laughs> of the school year? Not really. Um, I, I think I just remember explaining it to my friends one time, and I think they got they got the hint of it. They, they got the gist <laughs> of it, so they were like, oh, okay. But, no, I've never had a teacher outright ask me, like, where I was or anything really? like that. I remember us getting letters from the district that why weren't we showing up to oh yeah to school at the at the time i got this i got it is uh, uh, a feature of how stupid some of the education system is i pull in right after like two weeks and i immediately get suspended because i missed two weeks of, of school so their solution for me missing two weeks of school was to send me home for two days <laughs> that's the dumbest thing ever <laughs> Oh, man. But yeah, but. um, Kind of another thing that I would say is kind of a drastic difference was I don't know if you remember, but prior to us being in that church in the light of the world, we used to go to the movies a lot. We used to go to the movies maybe once a week and it'd be like this awesome event that me, you know, our family would have. And I attribute it to one of one of kind of the fondest memories that we had growing up and then all of a sudden we aren't allowed to go to movies it's the worst thing you can do yeah yeah the uh and there's a really stupid backstory to that so the leader at the time um was made aware or i don't know if made aware or just like saw it on like i don't know like a tv show or something like that it's the cliche of like the kids going to the movie theater 
and like making out in the back of the movie theater or whatever. And like he took that and said, there's nothing good going on at the movie theater. You're not banned from watching movies. You can watch movies at home. But his whole thought process was there's nothing good going on at the movie theater. Therefore, you have no reason to be there. So no one is allowed to like go to the movie theater anymore. The dumbest sort of rationale for it I have ever heard of. But <laughs> to give some background, that's basically why um, we weren't allowed to go. I, do, do you remember? I, do you remember at all? The last time I remember going as a kid, I remember seeing a poster for the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie, the first one, um, saying like coming soon. I don't remember at all what movies we watched. Do you remember what the last movie we watched uh, before our uh no, I don't Sorry. remember. No, no. I, I, I wish I could remember because I know to your point, like we would go often and I can't remember for the life of me what was the last movie you saw. Um, I mean, I think stopped. that we can agree that and things that we're going to be talking into, these rules that this cult had were very strange <laughs> and we get a kick out of it now. But yeah. going through it was definitely hard because there was a lot of limitations to what we can do growing up. Yeah, yeah. I, and I cut you and I, I'm sorry, I cut you off when you were explaining uh, the movies. I don't know if you had like a, a point outside of that. Um, no, just that it was a very drastic change from us suddenly having this. Un- I want to say unique, but we had this, um, you know, thing that we would do every Sunday. And now all of a sudden it was filled with church mm-hmm. and services and. Yeah. And the most like I remember I, I made a joke to you. This is when we were still. I think you might have been out, but I was still in. Uh, but I remember I made a comment. <laughs> we were all together in like the the living room, I think. And I made a comment about how the worst days of the week, I, the, the days of the week I hate the most are Sundays <laughs> and Thursdays. <laughs> if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, Sundays and Thursdays were when church had the longest service. It was two hours. Longest. Yeah. So, well, it's like, the sermon lasts two hours, but you need to be there 30 minutes early, sometimes an hour early, and you're staying at least an hour like after that. So the whole event, it takes away on both of those days. I mean, Sunday more. So but both times you go, it takes like five hours of your life out. And like, I just remember I made like, <laughs> I was being so petty with it. <laughs> and I remember like my mom looked at me like I, you know, because we were all still in the church and then you were like holding your laughter in so much. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, but some like um, Thursdays, you know, it, it would be at six, but we'd be leaving at five and we'd be getting home like at 10 or something like that. And then Sundays um even more like you'd wake up uh, the sermon starts at 10 a.m um but sometimes earlier um and we'll get to that in a moment but basically it would start at 10 a.m um we need to be there like at nine because my mom and me and, and a lot of our siblings were were part of like the 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 choir there so you need to be there extra early um but i know even earlier for you you guys like you and, and our sister erica um, where you would spend like an extra hour in the morning, like getting ready, getting like dolled up and stuff like that. So um, starts off super early and then you do the thing, right? You don't get home. It ends at, at noon, but you don't get home until that early, like at the earliest, like one in the afternoon. And the point is they have another one at five in the afternoon. Same deal, two hours long, going hard. So the point is your entire Sundays were dedicated uh, uh, to the cult. 
And uh, again, it's why they were my most hated days of the week. I mean, the church definitely like consumed our life uh, on yeah. a daily basis because it left little room for anything else for us to yeah. do, whether it was like hanging out with friends or actually doing schoolwork because it took precedent. Yeah. yeah, it really did, you know, because even if it wasn't like the full two hours, like the point is every day they had a sermon at 6 p.m. And if you could go, you were expected to go and we would go on 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 most days basically so so to chelly's point yeah like it was it was it was difficult it was difficult enough to balance like schoolwork and 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 stuff like that like outside of outside of that but i mean you had no time for friends you had no time i i didn't participate in any like extracurriculars outside of school um i know chelly's like experiences were very limited as well um, but that's kind of by design, you know what I mean? Like the the less time you have in the real world, the less opportunities you have to be sort of influenced by el mundo is how they would like to describe um, the world, basically. And um, the more sort of uh, by design, you know, the more entrenched you can be in this religion, the less opportunity you have to be influenced by anything else. Exactly. Um, and if you weren't at the sermons, you were definitely taken to cooperate in the ventas, in the sales to mm. help help raise money for church or oh, had to either be part of like a construction team helping yeah. you know do some kind of project that they're doing so it was always either you're at the you're at the sermon or you're actually doing you're something, doing something. so, so it them. was it could be a whole day event yeah my birthdays i remember were always so kind of depressing um because so my birthday's on may 10th which is Mexican Mother's Day. But the point is, it's in early May, which is whether it's Mexican Mother's Day or regular Mother's Day in the U.S., it's around that time. So the point is, I I, I can't, I mean, I don't know exactly how many birthdays, but I, I would assume it was a majority of them I spent um, because the church wanted to sell. You guys have seen like the stands on corners um, here in Arizona, like during the holidays, during Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, sometimes Father's Day, they would sell the the stupid like um, teddy, bears teddy bears and stuff like that. Flowers. Yeah, flowers and stuff like that. So I spent most birthdays um, in the hot Arizona sun shilling, <laughs> <laughs> shilling these uh, these uh, teddy bears and, and rosas, rosas and going to like the corners and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, that sucked uh that that was that was my childhood uh that was our childhood because because shelly was there too oh my goodness um but yeah but that that's that's what it was man you know it it sort of all encapsulated your your life in a lot of ways and um and your money if, if you were an adult in the church because we were children but if you're an adult you know you're expected to give offerings every sunday um we joked about this uh uh last week like before our call but they they would post um this like sheet at the back of the church <laughs> and you would walk past it every time you're like exiting the church basically and on this sheet would be everyone's names um it might be like first initial last name but the point is you know who it is um followed by like the actual amount of money that they gave um this that past so week scummy you know, and it's like, and it's, and, and, and I feel bad too, like looking back on it because it's like, it's already scummy because those that have the means 
like feel a sense of like I need to like you know be giving more. But then those that don't have the means, you know what I mean? Like it just those, trips them into yeah. Those that 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 are that are like struggling to even sort of like make ends meet, and they can only give like a hundred bucks a week, which is a lot in and of itself. Like they're not even on the list. They're like all the way at the bottom. You know what I mean? They feel like they're not doing enough to to sort of contribute. Um, yeah, all psychological, all all intentional in in that sort of aspect. Yeah, and we'll dive into because they also had this. Um, they have a way of humil- humiliating you for the benefit <laughs> of, you know, kind of laying down the hammer and enforcing yeah. the rules. So there was a specific time where they used to stand up members of the church mm-hmm. that had um, not been the best. Not well. Have- that that did things that teenagers or that adults would do. And what Shelly means by standing up is during these particularly, it could be in any sermon, but particularly during the long sermons, the two-hour ones. On, where everybody's going to be. Where everyone's going to be on Sunday, on Thursday. Um, basically, so there are things that are sins, right, in, in the church, uh, really in any religion, um, like fornication, um, like uh, stuff like that. Um but the point is, whenever you committed any sort of like, even though sin sins are meant to be equal, like if I think some some bad thought versus if I commit that bad thought, in the eyes of the Lord, it's it's one sin. It's it's it, they're equal. But the point is, to them, like let's let's take adultery for example. Let's take you know you're an eighteen year old, seventeen year old kid, and you know you and your girlfriend had sex or something like that. They expected you to a go to the pastor and confess your your transgressions basically and it was usually <laughs> it was usually done by force not because you sort of realized in your in yourself that this was wrong it was typically like hey they caught you like either your parents caught you doing some stuff or another church member caught you and your little girlfriend like going to the movies sometime so the point is um you you did something wrong and you got caught basically so you were expected to go to the pastor and and confess your sins, right? And the pastor, depending on the severity, depending on probably how much he likes you, uh, I don't know. Um, there is definitely, <laughs> definitely uh, something favoritism. to say about that. Favoritism yeah. in the church. So if you were one of the favorites, they would probably pray for you. Um, yeah, slap on the wrist. Slap Vamos on the wrist. Um, and probably would you would pray in a hidden room like um like the pastor's office yeah if you were someone that maybe wasn't on that in the favorites list they were Mm -hmm. definitely going to stand you up the next sunday the next church event where there was the most people so that you can go up in front of the pupil and um, apologize to the church for your transgressions Mm -hmm. yeah you would and literally what Shelly is referring to, so you have like the church, right? The congregation, and they're all there sitting. And then you have the the, the minister, the pastor that's sort of presiding over the sermon. And you have this little like block, right? That people can go up um, during some special church ceremonies to like sing a song or say something in front of the church. But the point is they would force you to come up in front of the entire church into a microphone, right? Um, and just, and detail, it, I mean... I don't know if they made them in detail explain what they did, but basically describe, I did this, I committed adultery, I committed this sin, I went to the freaking movies, 
or something like that. And I feel terrible. And le pido perdón a la iglesia. I am asking <laughs> for forgiveness from the church for my like transgressions. And I'm working to be like a better sort of. And then they would put them like in 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 preva. I was just the, gonna say that that the humiliation. The, name, please describe that. Yeah. the humiliation doesn't just stop there. You think it would no. be a one and done? Like you stood no. up, you apologize, you're embarrassed. Like everybody else knows that what you've done. Uh, no, that wasn't it. You had to be put on a probation period where if you weren't going regularly, if you weren't doing all that you can in these um, church sales to prove yourself, um, then there'd be some like privileges taken away from you. You couldn't be. And if you were part of the choir, they would definitely take you down from the choir. You wouldn't be part of it. They anymore. would always use that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Which is, it's funny because they didn't really have much to sort of uh, go on because you? it's like yeah. you have to punish you with, you know what I mean? It's like, Oh, you're not allowed to um, be a part of this like church sale or you're not allowed to like be a no, part they, of the. They definitely want you to be part of the church sale. Come on. <laughs> Who am I kidding? That was never. That was never. <laughs> Who am I kidding? That was never. Uh, a, that was a never punishment. an option. Yeah. <laughs> <They said> that... <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, but and you would be on like a certain amount of time. And uh, and yeah, basically where you had to like really prove your your commitment to the church because you went to the movies granted it, it typically wasn't that although i have seen people get stood up for going to the movies i remember that being a thing ridiculous but for the most part they would solve that that you probably got stood up for that if you've been getting stand up for stuff um <laughs> but yeah but that was all that was all part of it you know what i mean and, and you'll see that a lot in um you'll see that a lot in religion particularly i mean not in religion but it's really in anything where you're trying to develop a sort of cult of personality um where a big sort of method or tool that these leaders have is the idea of self-surveillance um that like i'm one man and i can't be in charge of everyone but what i can do is i can convince the population that not only do you need to do right but if you see something and you don't say it, it's as if you did it yourself. <laughs> you are just as guilty for that as as oh them, if God. not I if have not a personal worse. Story about that, Eddie. If not worse. So if you see that, come and tell me, and then you are my eyes, basically. And that you'll see that sort of tactic, particularly in Scientology. You'll see that tactic in the world in in, in North Korea, where you're expected if someone's you know speaking ill of dear leader. You need to report that to to the government, basically in North Korea. That that is a common tactic where you don't need the government itself doesn't need to surveil. You just need to convince the people to do it for you, um, which is a common tactic you see. But go ahead, I I, I know you got a story uh, related to I'll give you the floor. Some of these members took that task to heart because <laughs> they couldn't mind their own business. Um, I got in trouble one time because I was with my now husband. We yes. were at a church festival. Oh, the Tamale Festival in downtown <laughs> Phoenix. We used to do that every year. And we knew there was going to be members, but they usually stood um, at their stands to sell mm -hmm. tamales. Well, um, Shelly, it's not like you cared. All right, let's keep it real. All right, Shelly, <laughs> Shelly, was, Shelly was one of the rebellious ones, all right, growing up. And and. You know, now I could say I'm very proud uh, of that. You know what I mean? At times it served her for not good things, but for 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 the, for rebellion against the church, I am very proud. So so please, not, not that you cared if anyone saw oh you. Oh my anyway. god! <laughs> so 
I mean, I had my boyfriend at the time, Jesus, and yeah. uh, we drifted off to go and like just hang out, just be a couple. You know, we're, we're I want to say like 14 or 15 at the time. Can't yeah. remember the exact age, but we went and uh, we were hanging out by a ride. I thought we were secluded enough. <laughs> <laughs> when we caught sight of this guy, another member of the church, looking at us and basically giving us like dagger eyes, like, oh, I know what I saw and I'm going to, you know, report it. Looking and... like that one snitch from Recess, that show. <laughs> <laughs> just rub, just rubbing his hands together. Like, oh, I'm going to tell El Pastor. Oh, he's going to call you in. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, let me give you guys some context because when you are, and I'll dive into kind of, dating in this church because man oh, man this got me in trouble <laughs> all the time so there's no casual dating in this church yeah. if you're if you plan to date someone it's to marry and, and to marry fast and to Soon. marry fast so you have three months to date someone and then three months to plan your wedding that's it yep. so i mean so basically, you have three months to decide if you're going to marry someone because the last three months is you just like getting ready for the wedding, basically. I mean, a lot of people weren't doing that. There was definitely Thanks. like some low key dating, and I was guilty of that. Of course, I was. <laughs> I had dated Jesus a lot longer than three months. I'm sure. And uh, so you know, we were doing what a couple was doing that day: maybe hugging, maybe kissing. That was about it. And doing this, what teenagers would do. Yeah, exactly. is what you're saying. <laughs> In a public environment, we weren't, of you know, course. hidden somewhere or whatever. But so this person took it upon himself to go and rat us out. Snitch. Yeah. Basically. Basically. Yeah. yeah. How, how did that? Uh, if if you prefer not to share it because that might be a little too personal. Oh, but, I don't uh, care. How did so, how did that how did that work out? <laughs> <laughs> so that event really. It didn't go as bad as I thought it would be because it didn't reach like my parents' ears or it, it didn't go too far. Really? Okay. Yeah. There was another instance where um, his, I think it was his wife that caught me. I mean. That, that snitch's wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a family of snitches. I, I see why they're so good for each other. They're probably still in the church with my kids. <laughs> Oh man, they said mm, we A1 right here. <laughs> we got that <laughs> platinum membership to LDO. <laughs> Pastor's favorite members right here. <laughs> Definitely um what are they called? Like not leaders, but they were um kind of um, high, higher ranked. It's like because the they they'll separate the the church based off of like your age and your marital status. So you have the Hovenes, which is like the youth. And then you have your casados chiquitos or pequeños or whatever, which is like the youngest version of the married couples. And then it would go up from there. And then you would have your your solos, which your solos, as the name describes, would be the most depressing one of them all. Um, but the point is, <laughs> each group, <laughs> in hindsight, it's like, damn, that was like a catch-all, like, and the rest. <laughs> It really is. Yeah, it really is. Um, but what Chelly's describing is each group has like an appointed sort of leader. I am the leader of of this of of the solos. Right? I am the leader of of, of whatever. Um, so probably whoever you know the the snitch that Chelly's uh, talking about was probably leading one of those groups. But oh, guess. she she was leading the um the Holiness, which is like the teenagers. Yeah. Um. Uh, so we went we went to church when I think it was a Thursday, and um, I had a hickey on my neck. 
She not, not very conspicuous. Huh? <laughs> I mean, I had my hair down. I was I was doing what I could. My my parents certainly didn't catch it, but she from a mile away saw it and Ooh. took. She took me aside. She took liberties that weren't her own. I mean, she was not a oh, parent yeah. of mine, so oh, she took me aside to ask me about it, and mm. I just remember feeling so awkward because because you're a teenager. Because I'm a teenager, (laughs) I'm asked about a hickey. She's not my mom. She's not related to me. So so she asked me, you know, what it was. I was like, oh, you know, it was a curling iron burn. (laughs) It did not look like a curling iron burn. But that was the only thing I could think of to say. So Uh, she was like, you know, I have to tell your parents. You know, I have to tell... I mean... Everyone, the world, basically. You know, everyone needs to hear about your curling iron burn. And I was like, damn it. You know, it it was, I, I remembered it. It was like the middle of August. So I, wearing was the it? turtleneck was definitely not an option. <laughs> but, what about makeup? Was that even an option at all? Uh, I mean, I'm sure it was an option, but it just, it, it didn't happen that day, basically. I don't remember. I, I did try to cover it somehow, but it, it was not working. So that, and then it, that single-handedly propelled um the events to me and Jesus getting married so young yeah yeah basically would, once yeah, yeah go ahead sorry this is your story who, who am I interjecting no it's okay so basically I want to say that happened on a Thursday by Sunday me and Jesus were um, kicked out of our house we were essentially in the eyes of the church married by married. Sunday Sunday night and that had happened on a Thursday and how old were you I was 17. 17. And Jesus was probably like 16, right? 16. Yeah. Jeez. With with no jobs, no no home to go to. Um, we were just left at the church. Um, my parents left. His parents left. And uh, basically, we had to meet with the pastor that night, talk about what we did. And uh, we were told that we could no longer go to our houses. Um, and we were essentially together. And we were told to... Um, Go ahead and hurry up and get a marriage license within the next few months because we were we had basically committed a sin and now we had to be together. The worst of sins. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Luckily that's crazy. Luckily it worked it worked out for us in the end because I mean we're still together. But one of the few, if we're being real, that go through that that kind of experience and are still still together. Um so that commendable to say the least. Um, but yeah, but that's, that's crazy. And I know particularly for you, obviously that's gonna, that's gonna, that, that is a sort of like, I mean, maybe I wouldn't say now, cause I'm not going to speak for you, but I'm sure that's a difficult thing to like talk about or like to relive kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, at the end of the day, I mean, you're a child and like i don't know it's just crazy like the because you knew it was crazy you know what i mean you know it was like wild but you weren't surprised either i would assume mm-hmm. like you weren't this wasn't coming as like you know something you had never heard of because you see that so often in the church where it's like you know you're married now you're you're together like you can't be doing these things and not be married and it's like uh, i don't know like can you can you talk to him can you explain a little about like your your initial sort of thoughts about like what you're going to do like what's what's going on kind of a thing well it was based it was very frantic because i it was like 8 p.m at night and 
I saw the whole church emptying. There was no one, no one there, and we didn't have anywhere to go. So I was at first very frantic about what we were going to do, kind mm. of what the next plan was. Mm-hmm. Crazy. So that's, I mean, that's crazy. And it just kind of shows you like what the church can convince you of. <laughs> you know what I mean? I remember uh, kind of going back to that night, uh, just thinking my only thought was to put shelter above us. Like that was my only thought at that moment because I felt like if we waited till everybody left, I mean, really, what were we going to do? We were going to be on the streets. So my first thought was to find the next person, the the next familiar face that I knew, explain the situation, and hopefully they'd help us out. Luckily, that's exactly what happened. And, you know, Mm. we had um, some nice people uh, take us in and uh, we lived with them for a few months. Well, no one's doubting your resilience. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that, that's just crazy. Like I was saying, that it's just crazy, like the the things they could convince you to do. Um, and of course, very happy. Obviously, we could look at it in in, in a funnier lens, sort of now. Um, but if I didn't already say it, um, very proud of you for having gone through that. And I, I certainly didn't have to deal with anything close to that. Um, much less at that young of an age. Um, and, you know, I would define you as very successful now, um, both you and your husband. You got your own place. You got you, your homeowners. Um, so to kind of go from basically be on the street at 16 mm. to where you are now, it's very commendable. And if I never told you before, I am I am very proud of you for uh, for where you are now. Thank you. Um, yeah. So enough of that. All right. We got a little we got a little depressed. We got a little whatever. Um uh shoot yeah like talking to you thank you everyone for joining on this episode of uh, mojo cast we will see you again here shortly thank you everyone thanks everybody signing out mojo cast mojo out